in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's riding on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. 1,800 Raiders season ticket holders gave back their tickets for this year due to the vaccination mandate. Uh, Mick Akers reported that 250 of those just got refunds. They just said, nope, don't want tickets at all anymore. The rest, so the majority of that 1,800 rolled them over into next season, basically said, yeah, we'll push this back a year. We still want to have season tickets. We're just not getting the vaccine right now. So 1,800 uh, Raiders season tickets presumably are on sale now for you to buy. Um, 1,800 seemed like a pretty low number uh, given the capacity 65,000, and a lot of that is season ticket holders. Seemed like a low number. This is going to sound crazy. I thought 250 was high because Raider fans are so uh, loyal and insane about that team. I thought you'd just keep rolling it over until there's no... now. We both probably, and Jared as well, probably think the mandate's going to be a lot more than a year, I would think. So yeah, I guess you just keep rolling them over, right? I mean, if I paid up front for them and I love the team that much, I'm actually surprised people want their money back. If yeah, I can keep I mean, rolling them over. Yeah, 250 that want their money back, yeah, which like, that kind of surprised me. Maybe that's like somebody that lives in Vegas that wasn't a diehard Raider fan right, and, and was said, like, oh, I'll become a Raider fan. And right, then, Allegiant and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and then said, nah, just give me my money back. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if you are... A typical Raider fan. Yeah, if you're a sports fan, if you're yeah. yeah a Raiders fan, then you're absolutely and but you're not going to get the vaccine. You're absolutely just, just going to keep pushing over. it back. You've already paid the money, right? And it's like it's not like you're not going to be a Raider fan seven years from right. now. Right? No, that's so, exactly right. So yeah, you just keep rolling them back. So okay, based on my understanding, the Spanish flu lasted from 1918 to 1920-ish, 21. So like three years. And COVID-19 is more widespread and more deadly. So I still think people just keep rolling them over. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if you're, like you said, even an average Raider fan, never mind, like a lifetime Raider fan who just doesn't want to get vaccinated, I don't think they ever ask for their money back. They just keep hoping that we come back to a time where you don't need to be vaccinated. Great question. Thank Thank you. Richie Incognito mispracticed yesterday. Still? More than a week away from the first game of the season. Confident he's back for week one? Less confident than I am UNLV wins tonight. <laughs> you I, com- think, you I think confident. both happens. Yeah. I think both happens. I think UNLV wins, and I think Richie Incognito's back for the opener. I would expect him to be back, too, but we still it's still not technically game week, so there's still not official injury reports yet, so we haven't actually gotten an official update on Richie Incognito. But as we have talked about in this preseason, the offensive line depth and the offensive line health is going to be very important this year because when you blow up your offensive line, you are concerned about the starters and how good they're going to be, but also about the backups. And when right. your starters get hurt, which happens, it's the offensive right. line, how good those backups are. And if you're starting week one without really one of the two proven guys, maybe your best lineman. Yeah. That'd be a tough way to start the yeah. season for the Raiders and this offensive line. So We'll see next week will be when we actually get injury updates because that'll technically be week one of the season and we'll see if Incognito is practicing and what designation they give him. Next week, we once again realize why the NFL is so much better than the NHL (laughs) where they actually tell us there might be something wrong with somebody. I don't care about him. Next question. 
The Mets acting general manager, Zach Scott, was arrested <laughs> for DUI. Why, why am I laughing? I'm laughing, I'm laughing because of the timeline we talked about earlier, and I reread the story, and the story said again, he left the party at 9 a.m. He was found sleep. Excuse me, nine. Not, excuse me, 9 p.m. He was found sleeping in the Toyota. Which, if I'm a GM, don't I have a better car? That was my. <laughs> that was my first thought. I mean, a 2018 Toyota for this guy. You're the interim GM of the Mets, but at 4:30 a.m., like, where did you go? Because you didn't just leave the party and fall asleep for that many hours. I just, I genuinely like. I know of some like after bars in New York. I don't know of any in White Plains. Yeah, White Plains. Ugh. Like, White Plains is where you would go if you're like, we really need to go to Walmart. Yeah. The amazing part to me is that he's the acting GM. general manager. He is, and maybe he's been told he's not getting the job, but he is, you would think, effectively trying out to be the general Absolutely. manager. I assume he would want that job. Maybe he doesn't, but I would assume he would want that job. And this is what happens. I will, I will say one thing about Jared. <laughs> okay. The best Jared has ever been at his job, Winnie the Interim, was when he was our acting program director. Yeah. The most responsible Jared has ever been was when he was the acting program director. I don't know what to do with that. that no. you, you would be a better acting I, GM than Zach Scott, we, is what I'm telling strangely, you. Strangely, when I was on the uh, way to the station today, listening to the story about the timeline, I swear the first thing I said is, why wasn't he drinking Diet Coke? <laughs> Like what? Even the owners with players there, and I want to be the full-time GM. I want to be as clear as I can possibly. I thought that on the way here. I'm like, why was this guy getting drunk? Well, now again, it was nine to four fifteen. Right. He might have been drinking Diet Coke, and then after he's yes. like, screw these people, I'm going to the bar. <laughs> he might have been perfectly. <laughs> yes. he made, yeah, the, he made, the yes. fundraiser. If it was nine at to ten thirty, he was bombed at the house. He was. He spent. He he spent the five hours just getting reamed, and he was like, <laughs> exactly. all right, yes, yes. I'm going to go get a drink now. Yeah. What, what about the thumbs down? That's all your fault. I better get a drink after this thing. Like, literally, yeah. Okay, uh, you, we, were in, we were in playoff contention. You traded for uh, one of the Cubs' best players. We have done nothing yeah. but lose, well, and our players are actively trying to fight our fans. I can't believe players showed up. It's at the owner's house who has completely ripped the players for last month, and they're like, you're going to go to a party at that guy's house? I, I mean, if a billionaire invites me to a party, I'm just all going right. to look at, like, and eat really good food. And, like, <laughs> use their toilet. Yes. <laughs> Next question. The Bills want at least $700 million for a new stadium. So we have seen some uh, threats oh. from the Bills. Tourist tax. Yeah, we've seen some threats from the Bills that uh, the state of New York and the city of Buffalo have to decide if they want a team. Basically saying, hey, give us public money or else. There's now a story from the Associated Press Puts the Bills wanting to build a $1.4 billion stadium, and the expectation is the state and county would be asked to cover more than 50% of the project, so that would be at least $700 million. Do we think Buffalo, the city, and or the state of New York comes up with $700 million? Two things. Las Vegas, wake up. This is why no team comes without public money. Again, they uh, no matter how much it is, and... The second thing is I think they would. I don't think they'd lose the Bills. I I would agree Maybe not on seven, the side. but I think they'd right. come up with a lot. I would agree on the side of I, I don't think they want to lose the Bills. No. They'd be heavily motivated not to. But the 750 that we gave the Raiders is the most that's ever been given in public money for an NFL stadium. So do the Bills come along and say, yeah, we're breaking that. We're getting $800 because we're the next new stadium. So it's going to be, you know, we need yeah. more public yeah. money. 
Or is it, well, those idiots, we're not giving away 750 Well, maybe 350 I'm, oh, I'm I was curious. thinking more like five. Yeah, I'm curious how that plays out because 750 is a massive number. You know how you get your seven? No joke, because they're good enough to do it. Win the Super Bowl this year. You get what you want. <laughs> I mean, you go win no, the Super Bowl. They'll they'll write a check for you. We gave seven fifty to a team that can't make the playoffs. Yeah, but we're idiots. Hold <laughs> on. I mean, have you? I believe me. They jumped I, through tables me. covered I, in mustard, I, and I, were the idiots? I I was at those meetings in Carson City. <laughs> I can tell you a few things. <laughs> I will say, if you want this money badly from the state of New York, all you do is basically make. Yeah, you're like, okay, we're gonna do a fifty cent or a hunt or a dollar tax on all ketchup and mustard. Yeah. The Bills fans would yeah. basically fundraise oh, their own stadium. You know a tax is coming on oh. this thing. <laughs> basically, no, you literally you tax uh folding tables, RVs, ketchup, ketchup Zubans, or what what are those what are the pants that they wear? Zubaz? Zubaz. That's it. Wow, sorry. Um I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Liz Cambage will miss tonight's Aces game after testing positive for COVID. She is fully vaccinated according to the Aces, but does have mild symptoms. They are playing the Chicago Sky tonight. They actually play the Chicago Sky in their next two games. Uh, But Aces should be fine. Chicago Sky aren't that good. And the Aces have already clinched a playoff spot. So they are winding down the season, hoping to hold on to one of the top two spots in the WNBA. But I think this is the first time this has hit the aces in any capacity yeah. where they have missed a player uh, because of a positive or even close contact uh, COVID situation. Who else? Uh, they're missing like three players. De'Erica Hamby is out uh, with, I think it was an ankle injury. And then Angel McCautry yeah. is listed as out, but she's the one that played the seven seconds on a torn coming eh. back from a torn ACL. I don't, I don't think they're expecting her to actually play significantly the rest of the season, but no Hamby and no Cambage is pretty significant because it is a Bill Lambert loves his post players. Both of those players play in the post. So two of their three best post players. So it is significant in that it's going to be a lot of Asia Wilson in the next game and possibly the next one as well. I don't know the timeline for Liz Cambage, but there's a chance she misses more than one game here. That's a great, great question. Carlos Correa says the decision on his future in Houston is not in his hands. He said, you never know, man. Obviously, I do not have a contract with the Astros for next year. Who knows? If they want to keep me here, I'll be happy to stay here. If they don't see me here long term, I'll go play for somebody else. That decision is out of my hands. He is a free agent after this year. He turned down in the offseason a contract offer worth six years, $120 million. He reportedly wants a 10-year, $300-plus million deal, which is likely to be the market on shortstops uh, this offseason. He's also top five this season in wins above replacement among position players in all of baseball. Not saying they're the same player. I think one is, I mean, they're both great, great players. Tatis gets 300 million plus. This guy deserves something like that. Close I, I would yeah. absolutely turn down 120 if I'm here. Oh, yeah. Six not, year, I, I mean, I can't, you know, I'm saying that people are like, what are you talking? No. The market is what it is. He's as great as he is. He should not go near 120. Yeah, absolutely. And the big thing is going to be with the Astros is not as much the dollar amount per year. It's going to be the contract. The term, the length. Yeah, because he's Carlos Correa is he's going to be 27 at some point this season. In his prime. Right. And he is. There's like five shortstops that are going to be on the market. He's the youngest of all of them. 
and he's got Is he the younger than Seager? Yeah, he's the youngest wow. of all the shortstops that are going to be on the market this year, and he's got a higher war than any yeah. of the shortstops that are going to be he's, on the market this year. I mean, I saw $300 million, I'm like, okay. Right, and he presumably, he wanted 10 and 300 Maybe he doesn't get the previous 10. offseason. But that's the thing. The Astros, the reports are they don't want to give out a 10-year contract okay. because it's, they hey. give him the 6 or 7 for $300 right. million. and that's Why'd the you do thing. That? Is, do the Astros agree to pay him a whole bunch of money but only on a 6 or 7-year right. deal? Or do they just let him walk and say, yeah, we'll figure out the shortstop position somewhere else? Hard guy to let walk. Yeah, it is. And <laughs> here, the fascinating part is two of the Astros' top five prospects play shortstop. And well, yeah, and I was talking to someone last night. I think the Dodgers let Seager walk because they have Trey Turner. Yeah. Had they not gotten him, they'd probably pay him. Big difference there. Trey Turner's proven star in Major League Baseball. Okay. The Astros would be counting on no, guys that's a, that yeah, have they'd be, at the AAA they'd level. Be counting and on a prospect. The bigger issue is both of them are injured right now, and they conceivably could have called at least one of them up in September, played him some to see, hey, how does this guy handle Major League Baseball? But they're both hurt. So. Well, you might as well sign him because you're not – like you said, the top five, they're all going to want around the same money. So sign yeah. the best guy. Yeah. Next question. Eh, let's go to break. <laughs> there you go. We don't need another question. You're welcome, Jared. I know you like it when I do that. Let's go to break. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. I never realized baseball had so much butt touching. Bischoff's Briefs. That's how they communicate. Bischoff's Briefs. It's like Braille, but with butts. Bischoff's Briefs. Read my butt! World Cup qualifying is here. Get excited. Before we get into the United States and my unwarranted optimism, First, a story for you from Honduras. They are playing Canada in their first World Cup qualifier in Canada. Uh, They have accused Canada of (laughs) spying on their practice. (laughs) They were practicing at a field in Canada, and a drone flew over their field. So they stopped practice for 25 minutes until the drone went away, and they are saying that Canada was trying to spy on their practice. Uh, can Can I just point out that it's soccer? Like, I don't know what, like, what are you going to learn in practice? Just Formations, like, Jared. I'm sorry, but the first training camp here with the Raiders, I think I told you the news helicopter Oh, that's flew right. Over. That's right. <laughs> what, is that Channel 3? What, what are they looking at? It's like, I think they're going to the Amazon building. <laughs> nope, it's the Ravens. They're here. Week one game film. Why they is that helicopter ready. purple? <laughs> is that Harbaugh? Is that Harbaugh? So Ugh. it's fun in the world of World Cup qualifying. But on the United States, they open World Cup qualifying tonight against El Salvador. This is the first of 14 games to qualify for the World Cup. The top three of eight that are still playing in CONCACAF will go to the World Cup in Qatar in 2022. The fourth place team will have a one game playoff to get in. Uh, So top three go automatically. Fourth place team still would have a shot. The U.S. will play three of their 14 games in the next week. El Salvador. Canada on Sunday, and then Honduras next Wednesday. Now, first, the bad news for the U.S., Christian Pulisic did not travel with the team to El Salvador. So if you remember, he tested positive when he was back in England playing for Chelsea. He tested positive for COVID. He is vaccinated, so he cleared all of the uh, COVID protocols a little earlier than expected. So he is he was called up on the roster. He was training with the team here in the U.S., but he didn't travel to El Salvador the potential issue here is simply he's not 
in uh, good enough shape to play an entire game because when he tested positive, he had to isolate. It's not like he could go practice with Chelsea or anything like that. So he had to take some time off. Will he play it all in the next seven days? Who knows? The expectation is that he will, or else they wouldn't have called him up to the roster. So potentially he plays Sunday against Canada or Wednesday against Honduras. Hopefully he plays in both, but he is not even with the team in El Salvador. But this roster is good enough that even if he didn't play, they should still get at least two wins, probably three, but at least two wins out of these three games, even without Pulisic. Um, The U.S., so here's the fun, fun part. The United States did not qualify for the last Olympics. There have been a complete overhaul on the roster since that. 26 players were called up to the national team for this qualifying window. Only six have ever played in a World Cup qualifier. So only six guys played with the team at any point during the last World Cup qualifying run for the United States. 17 of the 26 they called up are playing in Europe right now. Some play for a lesser team, like Josh Sargent plays for Norwich. They've got two defenders who play for Fulham, but that also includes Pulisic, who's playing for Chelsea, Serginho Dest, who plays for Barcelona, Gio Reyna, who's playing for Dortmund, Weston McKinney plays for Juventus. They've even got like Tyler Adams, who's playing for RB Leipzig, who's one of the best teams in Germany. This is, I think for the first time ever, the United States has a roster of players in World Cup qualifying that is mostly made up of guys playing in Europe and not guys playing in Major League Soccer. Yeah, I was going to say that the times have changed. I remember not so long ago that if a guy was on, well, Chelsea or one of those type of teams, it was almost like a surprise. Like, right. boy, these guys have, like, that way back. they're good. Well, way back in Wijnaldum days and stuff like that, I, you know, he was injuring, but I don't know right. if a lot of his teammates would have been good enough to yeah. play in Europe. Yeah, Wijnaldum was like a trailblazer yeah, in was. Germany for he Americans, was. right? We've had a lot of goalies that have played in Europe at the at the highest level, we are but good. we are good at goalies. We are somehow we are really good at that. Did Lawless ever tall? Uh, I don't think Alexi Lawless ever played in Europe, but I wow. would have to check on that. But uh, yeah, for the most part, we have been. Hey, most of these guys play in Major League Soccer, right. and right. there's a few guys that are playing. They're good enough in Europe, so it's the opposite now. Most of these guys are playing in Europe, and there's a few Major League Soccer guys that are sort of. Eh, some of them are very important players. Kellen Acosta is one of them that that are. There are some important players, but. One of the biggest questions for the team right now in this window, in this World Cup qualifying, in the World Cup in Qatar, who is going to be the striker for this team? That's like the biggest question. Because if you look at them defensively, United States is solid, has pretty good depth at their center back spots and at both fullbacks. Goalies are great. They got three good goalies that any one of them could start and you'd be fine with it. Midfield and the wingers, there's a chance we're one of the top five countries in the world at the end of the day, when it comes down to our midfielders and our wingers. So you're looking at like Christian Pulisic. You're looking at Weston McKinney, Chelsea, Juventus right now. Gio Reyna's 19 years old playing for Dortmund, right? He's the youngest player to hit 50 goals or something like that in Bundesliga history or something crazy like that. So like we could have wingers and, and midfielders. We should be set on. It's that striker position that's a big question. Josh Sargent is the favorite to start. He's the best one right now with the team. You also have Jossie Zardes, who is not with the team right now in World Cup qualifying. He's a potential starter. He was starting games in the Gold Cup. But then you have guys like Daryl DK, who played games in the Gold Cup. He's also not with this team right now. Uh, But the interesting one is Ricardo Pepe. He is an 18-year-old who is leading Dallas in Major Major League Soccer in goal scoring right now. He's presumably going to end up in Europe eventually because he's 18 years old and scoring a whole bunch of goals in Major League Soccer. So presumably he'll be there eventually. But he chose us. He chose the United States over Mexico. He could have had dual nationality. He could have played for either one. 
but he chose the United States. He's never played for us, never appeared for the U.S. men's national team. So, And he could be the starting striker on the World Cup team? I doubt it at this point, right. but it's possible. He's kind of He's been awesome this year in Major League Soccer, but so it's possible. And we'll see what they do, how Greg Berhalter rotates the team through this World Cup qualifying, because nor in the past in World Cup qualifying, you'd only play two games in a week. And then team or players would go back to their uh, professional teams. This is the first time we're seeing three games in a week for World Cup qualifying. So it's presumably there's going to be more substitutions, more rotation through the starting lineup through these three games. So Josh Sargent might be the best. He might not start, but one of the games or something like that because of it. So we should get a good look at Ricardo in these three games. I'm hoping we do anyways, because that is it's the biggest unknown on the roster right now. When you look at this team, if they're in the World Cup, the biggest unknown Who's the striker? Who is putting the ball in the back of the net? Because the rest of the roster should be really good. Should be a really good roster the rest of the way. Who's scoring? It's still a big question mark. How young is it? Because Pulisic is what? 20, it says 22. So how young is the roster compared oh, to others? It is. Um, I know when they were in the Gold Cup. They were one of the younger teams. Yeah. And I know. Because you're talking the, about this kid who's 18. Yeah. I know when the um, when the new FIFA rankings came out, uh, the United States was the youngest team by average age of players that had played this year for right. each of the of the teams in the top 10. And we were two years younger than I think everybody but England. England is also very Great. young and, and pretty good right now. So, but like, I think our average age was, I want to guess it was like 24, 25, and everybody else was like 26, 27, 27 28. And it was the United States and England that were down there really young. So we're extremely young team. Like the team that just won the gold cup was an unbelievably young team. And it was primarily guys in major league soccer. Like it was sort of a B team that won the gold cup really young. And those are mostly the backup. Did you say that um, Germany's in their pool? Who's in their pool? That's very good. We were talking last week about if they can get if they can get out of qualifying. I'm sorry, qualifying. Well, no, just qualifying. Okay. It's just they, they, But you were here the other. They, you were here the other day when they were. I thought drawing the pool. Were they? Were, what were they drawing? No, no, that was week? for Champions. League. Okay, all right. Yeah, that okay. was for Champions League. Okay. When they drew, what did they draw? They draw. I thought there was one really good team in there. But that was that, that was professional. Yeah, that wasn't the U.S. Okay. That was like Man oh, City's okay. playing right. Bayern. Or that's something what. That's like, what. Something it was. ridiculous that's what it was. like. Or Man City PSG got drawn. So there's no pools yet for the. No, no. This is just yeah. This is just the Concacaf region. They'll play Honduras, Canada, El Salvador right now. And so they then, better get out of that. And then, well, it's just three of fourteen games. Okay. They they've got Mexico, Costa Rica. Who else is in this? Panama or something like that in the future that they'll play those teams okay. as well. So fourteen games, and they've got to be top three, at least top four, but to preferably move. top three to go on. Yeah. So that's the goal here: is can they be top three? And they should because they're top ten in the world right now. Right. FIFA rankings are kind of a little bit of crap, but. They're ranked 10th in the world right now. So they should at least be able to be top three in CONCACAF where there's only... Well, if you play this kid who's 18, isn't it a great... I mean, you have to be top three, but isn't it a great opportunity to see, can this guy be the at the real right. when it gets real? Absolutely, yeah. And, well, the other thing is, like, Josh Sargent has been good. Like, Josh Sargent is a good player, and he's not old either. Like, it's not... Like, Josh Sargent... How old is he right now? He's 21. So like, and Josh Sargent's, I assume he starts tonight, but maybe he saves them for Canada on Sunday because that's presumably a tougher game. How yeah. long has Pulisic been in oh. Europe? Uh, well, he was, 17, he was 18, with Dortmund, I mean. yeah, when he was, I want to say, was it 17 years old? Yeah, wow. he was with Dortmund for a few years, and then he moved to Chelsea, and he's been there for a couple of years now. So he's been over there for a while. But we like, we've known Pulisic was going to be good for a while. 
The rest of them, it's been I, maybe not as much of a surprise, but it's been a little bit more of a surprise that we've had so many players like Weston McKinney and Gio Reyna that, have, that are playing on legitimate, like, Champions League-level right. teams in Europe and starting for, like, one of their better players for the most part, for McKinney and for Gio Reyna in Dortmund. So it's a fun time. Get excited. Like when, I am, he, when he's done, is he the greatest soccer player ever in, from this country? Pulisic? Yeah. Well, it'd be nice if he qualified for the World Cup. I once. mean, when he's done. <laughs> I hope but he's so. 22. I hope he does. Okay. The, I hope so. But again, they didn't qualify for the World Cup. He could have right. played in the World Cup the right. last time it was around, and but the did. U.S. didn't qualify. Right. Like he was should have been the best player on that team, and they didn't qualify for it either. So I hope so. I hope he is. I hope we look back and yeah, he's that he's better. Well, because yeah, you can watch him throughout his career, right. absolutely and remember everything about him, and that we get what four? What would that be? Potentially three, four World, World Cups, Cups of with him. Pulisic of him being all. I yeah. I hope so. I hope that's the plan. But this is. I am way too optimistic about this team. Well, you think they're getting there. Oh, I'm way... Oh, I think they're winning in the World Cup. I think they're getting to the semis. As long as they don't have to play two countries working as a team, they'll be fine. If they get out of Tobago, what a bunch of crap. If they get out of the group stage, I'm saying it right now, Candy, get ready, because this kid won't be here for like two straight weeks. We'll never (laughs) see this kid. (laughs) All right, coming up next, it's J.R. Starkus. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Ready for the weekend? Let's find out what's on tap. We can provide you with a wine tasting tour of Tuscany. We cannot change why you drink. It's Thirsty Thursday with J.R. Starkus. Who needs a drink? Brought to you by Liquor World. Follow on Twitter at JR Starkus. Social media, Instagram, JR Makes Drinks. Cape Town Executive, Southern Glazer Wine Spirits, Nevada. If I could tell, if I told you that your son would be guaranteed a, let's say, a 75% scholarship to Vanderbilt to play baseball, but he had to star for the Bishop Sycamore <laughs> baseball team, not go to school, not learn a damn thing, and be in some weird abandoned building, would you take it right now? How long does he have to be in the abandoned building for? Whole season. Tyler, a whole, whole season. season at yeah. least a whole yeah. season he, all, and, and he, the only thing he does is he makes a field trip to a library once a year <laughs> oh he would love that come on he would love that he would love that not he, he. I asked you as a, I asked you as a parent I know he, he'd be on the first plane if he go to he goes hey dad I'm going to Vanderbilt with 75% scholarship but you as a parent what would you say okay well then I would say to you what other offers do we have on the table if that's Shit. the only offer I'm like you take it brother <laughs> all right <laughs> Here's a serious question for you, Jr. Right now, could you put together a more legitimate, like high school AAU style baseball team than Bishop Sycamore is as a football team? Yes, (laughs) Yes. I could. I could. I could. I could just utilize my son's uh, social media with the friends that he has that play it in high schools against him and at very high levels. Um, and definitely put together a very, very competitive team. As a matter of fact, we were, we were down at uh, CSN last night uh, with one of his coaches, and one of the other teams was practicing there. This happens to be composed of a bunch of high school kids uh, in town, and I was talking to CSN's coach, and he, or one of their coaches, and he was telling me that in a few weeks, I think October, um, that team, which is all high school kids, will start playing CSN in just games, like practice games or whatever, but they will be competitive games for sure. We, does, better, we better check your PO box. <laughs> Who knows yeah. if these kids are even legitimate? Does okay? 
how often does that like happen in baseball? Because we've obviously now seen it in football, but like in basketball and AAU, there's a lot of like similar type stories where there'll be like teams that show up that don't have coaches. Like there's a lot of like, yeah, that's not a real team that's playing there. Does that happen in baseball? I've not seen it. I mean, the only time you run into no, not somebody not having a coach is like, quite frankly, when they're younger in little league and then the coach is like, I quit. You're like, uh, what do we do? What parents taking over? You know, um, but that's that, I haven't. At least in my experience, I've never experienced a team without a coach. Um, you know, because he, J, J, luckily for me, JT's always been surrounded by by great coaches and people who want to be out there. And and you know, we've been fortunate enough to be able to avoid. Now there are scams out there. I'll tell you that there are plenty of like things out there that you, you know, that may, that work for some people that don't work for other people, you know, that's like, Hey, you become a member of this organization and um, you know, there's, there's not really anything you kind of practice on your own and we'll let you know where to go. Like that. I'm not a hundred percent sure behind those sometimes Um, (laughs) at at a younger level, at an older level, I kind of get it, but at a younger level, there's a lot of that. And I'm like, so you're not on the team, but you are, but I don't understand. So (laughs) There's some of that stuff that I, that, you know, some people like that works for them. That doesn't, that doesn't necessarily work for us. Uh, and our son, I wanted him to play more with something a little more organized than that naturally. Bishop J.R. Stark has joined us here on the press box. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I think, the only thing I remember um, was literally with Mountain Ridge, they lost to a team that eventually was found out that these kids live nowhere near their zip code. Like 20 of them, like we don't live anywhere near there. But when you get to the higher levels, because they're all in travel ball, I don't know how much cheating really goes on. If you play at, like, the level of your son, your high level, I don't know why you would cheat anyway. Like, ah, they're all high-level kids. It really is. The weird part is, because this is Sycamore's high school kids, well, they're also in their 20s. Like, when it comes to baseball, it's almost like the most cheating goes on when they're, like, 10. Yeah, you know, when you get older, I think, you know, when you're my son's age, he's 16, when you play really competitive levels, the only time you'll, like, you'll really find any quote-unquote cheating, and it's not even really cheating. It's more just a big time competitive edge where, you know, you'll find a team that has an organization and they may be like, let's say it's Las Vegas has a team and there's eight kids and it's obviously not enough to field a team, but we're going to be like, Hey, we're going to bring these eight kids to California, but I got a buddy that's a high level pitcher in Arizona. Come on, fly in for the weekend. I got a buddy that's a high level player in there, California, come join us. And then you have 13 kids and five of them aren't even practicing with the team. They're just super studs, but that happens more regularly when they get older and club ball and stuff like that. Cause all these kids are, are playing together, uh, competing against other very high level athletes. And so you, it's not uncommon at all. The younger they are, you'll find kids that are, you know, maybe bigger, faster, stronger. They'll try to play up a lot. Um, and they may be cutting a corner for some sort of like elite tournament or something where they'll try to be like, yeah, no, I'm a 14 U kid when they're really just turned 15. Um, and they shouldn't be allowed to play at 14 U anymore, but they're close. You might find some of that stuff. Um, but for the most part, I think we were able to avoid the cheating. I always liked JT. I'm like, Hey, go play a better competition, see what bigger, faster kids can do. And you either, um, you either, you know, bleep or get off the pot, you know, just, you, you gotta, you gotta learn one way or another that, you know, you're either going to compete with these kids or you're not going to compete, but it's, it's something that, uh, for him, it was a mindset that was important to him. It's like, I, you know, you're, you're not the best. You're not going to be the best. You have to see what's better than you and you have to compete against those kids. Well, with, um, and with, that was uh, very good for him. Other kids will just quit. Oh, with that hard-ass attitude, let's get to the bourbon. What do you got today? <laughs> yeah, Jeez. let's get have to the ha- bourbon. Have you had a few shots? Go ahead. No, I wish, though. That would be good. No, so uh, September 1st, 
started uh, National Bourbon Heritage Month. So uh, Bourbon Heritage Month, the bourbon was in 1964 declared the national spirit of the United States. And in 2007, Congress declared that September would be the month that we celebrate that in National Bourbon Heritage Month. Finally, one thing that our government has done, we can all agree on, wait, that wait, bourbon wait. is important. Wait, wait, wait. Before you continue, you, you're telling me Congress spent time on the month for bourbon? Yes. That's 2007. It was actually, actually not Congress, the Senate, even better. Uh, the Senate. The Senate declared in 2007. I'm sorry, I said Congress. I meant Senate. But yeah, the, the bill was sponsored by a Republican senator. Um, out of Kentucky, naturally, and it passed unanimously. <laughs> Boy, shock of the day on those two things. Well, it has to be from Kentucky. <laughs> Otherwise, it's yeah. not bourbon. No, that's incorrect. Oh, okay. That is incorrect. Oh. The, 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 it has to. If, so that's, that's actually, I'm glad you said that, though, Jared, because a lot of people think that, that if it's not from Kentucky, it's not bourbon. Um, and that's incorrect. If, if, if it's to say Kentucky on the label, it must be from Kentucky. But bourbon can be made anywhere in the United that's States right. as long as it follows a very specific set of rules. Um, so it, most of bourbon is made in Kentucky. Uh, probably 95% of it is made in Kentucky. Um, but it does not have to be there from there to be called bourbon. As you know, Frey Ranch is a bourbon. It's made right here in Nevada in Fallon, and it is very much a legal bourbon. So what do you do with it? Okay. So what, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just salivating. So you can. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. How much so, does Jared I, want you back in the studio? I am going. I heard, oh, man. I heard earlier. I heard earlier, and I don't know how to follow what? up great soccer talk, but I'll try to do my best with this cocktail. Uh, so uh, I used Bardstown Bourbon Company for this particular drink, and I figured Bardstown Bourbon Company would be the way to go since, um, since Kentucky Her- or since Bourbon Heritage Month was conceived. The, the month has been highly celebrated in Bardstown, so I wanted to use uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company. I used their Fusion Series for this. Fusion Series is their, their uh, kind of their entry-level uh, whiskey, and uh, they do a lot of really cool things with their whiskeys, whether it be a barrel finish or the way they blend different whiskeys together, mash bills, age statements, etc. cetera. Uh, so when you go find Bardstown Bourbon to make this drink, you're going to have to look for Fusion uh, but they, you may find four, five, six different SKUs on the bar or at the Lee's Total Wine or Liquor World. You may find a, 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 ver- a variant uh, amount of labels there, and they're all wonderful. Uh, this particular one is a blend of three whiskeys. Uh, there's Kentucky bourbon, and then there's two Bardstown bourbons in it as well, up to 13 years old, all the way down to three. It's different mash bills, uh, and, and it's just a wonderful whiskey. So I use an ounce and a half of this in the cocktail. I'm also using three-quarter ounce of Cointreau, which I've used many times, the orange liqueur from France. Uh, I use three-quarter ounces of liquid alchemist peach syrup because I always associate peaches, southern uh, whiskey, that kind of whole thing all goes together in my head. And then I use three-quarter ounces of lemon juice. So four ingredients, pretty equal proportions, um, all going to be going together in a mixing glass or a mixing tin with ice. So ounce and a half of whiskey three-quarter ounces of Cointreau, three-quarter ounces of peach syrup from Liquid Alchemist, and three-quarter ounces of lemon juice. You could use lime. If you have lime, it'll work as well. Add all those ingredients, shake them together, strain it over ice or into a cocktail glass or a martini glass or something like that without ice. Uh, Garnish it with the lemon peel and enjoy. Very simple, easy drink to enjoy, not only for this Labor Day weekend that's coming up, but uh, to start to celebrate uh, Bourbon Heritage or National Bourbon Heritage Month. So I figure I would do a few drinks with bourbon this month, and this is just the first one. 
what's the name of it? Oh, good lord. Kentucky Home. Kentucky was is this a J.R. Starkus creation and name? Uh, well, I mean, I can't really take the you know, old Kentucky Home is a, a, a popular song that's played, but uh, uh, I will take the name. I will take the credit for the creation of the beverage. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's a, that's a copyright infringement on that name. That name's <laughs> been around forever. So it's pretty. It's a pretty famous song. Yeah, famous famous song for sure. But that's why I didn't call it old. I just said Kentucky Home. We what, need to. What uh, does Jewel sing that song or something? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> mm, yes. <laughs> Follow uh, on Twitter at J.R. Starkus, <laughs> Key Account Executive of Southern Glaciers, Wine Spirits, Nevada. Brought to you by Liquor World. He's our extreme mixologist. It's Bishop, J.R. Starkus. Also, if you want to see this drink made, go to Instagram at J.R. Makes Drinks. We appreciate you. Thanks, Jr. We, we got a big race yesterday with High Card. Oh, Thanks for uh, watching. Yeah, yeah. I, Thanks. I, yeah. I, I love it. Please, I love it. Thanks yeah, for the update. Don't text me about that. Goodbye. <laughs> J.R. loves the fake horses. Oh, he loves them. Loves them. He's the biggest fan. All right. I, we te- got- I teased it. I'm, I'm going to tell you when we come Oh, I'm excited. Oh, yeah, we're Ed, excited. The Dodgers are in first place for the first time since April 25th. Ed is still mad. But first, we have tickets to give away to go see Augie T, the funniest comedian in Hawaii. He is going to be at Comedy Works at the Plaza. We will take caller number 4, 702-364-1100. That's 702-364-1100 to go see Augie T at Comedy Works. Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. Your pitch count was pretty low tonight, only 76 pitches. At any point, did you want to stay in there or kind of what allowed, again, with that, just limiting the pitch count, really keeping things flowing? No, um, I mean, I came out because I had a tight hammy. Uh, that, that's that's the reason. Um, it, you know, tighten up uh, in warm-ups, uh, that, going after the first thing, I felt my hammy tighten up a little bit. You're locked in the press box. Max Scherzer's hammy was tight. UNLV season opener is tonight against Allegiant Stadium. You can hear it right here on ESPN Las Vegas as I knock over the sheet of paper. Pre-game starts at 6 o'clock with Chris Chapman and Q. So 6 o'clock tonight is when our coverage starts of UNLV's season opener. All right, Ed. Dodgers, they took first place from the Giants yesterday. They beat the Braves. The Giants lost to the Brewers. And you are furious. It was an awful win. Um, I got mad at I got mad at Roberts for taking out Scherzer. He texted that, I went, <laughs> what the hell is wrong with him? Nine Ks, uh, six innings. And by the way, Max Scherzer said a tight hammy. He knew before the game, then he pitches six brilliant innings. What, you can't go another one to get to seventh? You bring in Gratterall? Here's the thing about Gratterall. If you're throwing 100 miles, that's fine. Can it move ever? Can it ever move? Because 100 miles an hour to a great, to even an average Major League Baseball player means nothing if it doesn't move. They'll just crush it. I do want to tell you afterwards, though, um, it was a bad night. Uh, 4-3, having to come back in the eighth, the the comments and stuff from the front room as my wife was in the back room. Uh, it, it was one of those nights. I mean, I started texting you guys at 9. I was out of my mind. So after the game, when they won, I, I made a decision. You know, the Giants series starts tomorrow, three-game series. Huge series, obviously. But I made the decision. I'm not so sure. And I came in. I wanted to tell her, you know what? I'm going off the grid. I will not watch. Well, I will not watch one inning of that game. And I will not know what happened. I give you my word, as a press box co-host with you and Jared, I give you my word, I will not know what happened series till late Sunday night because it's a Sunday night baseball game. And then I will look at the standings, and then I'll realize what happened. But when I went in to tell her this, I said, do you know what I'm going to do for the Dodgers? And instead of going off the grid, she goes, what? 
wear your blue hat and sleep with one leg in the air? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what? She goes, well, that wouldn't be stupid. <laughs> Off some of the things you do in this house during a game. At that moment, I realized this might not be healthy for me of what I've been doing for like the last 20 years. So I have realized there might be some unhealthy habits that I have created watching this team when she says something like I would never do. I mean, the blue hat. Yes. Come on. The leg in the air. I couldn't do that. I could certainly wear the blue hat to bed. I am. (laughs) I am blown away at the level of superstition you go to where it's like you picked up the wrong colored scissors. scissors yes. Like, okay. I should have known it was unhealthy then. I had to have my wife right. tell me to sleep with one leg in the like, air. Okay, like I've been like, oh, I'll wear a certain shirt. You do this clothes stuff. Right. Yes. Like, and like in the playoffs for the Astros, yeah. I'm not doing it in July. Like, <laughs> uh-oh, I need to get this shirt in the wash because they've got a two-game losing uh-oh, streak. Those are the blue scissors. But like, there might the be green. there might be in the playoffs, and I'll be like, hey, I want to, I need to wear this shirt. Or they won with a shirt on, right? So you wear it the next day. It might happen, but not like regular season. The scissors I picked up <laughs> during the game were the wrong color. Like, I'm just imagining, like, oh, I got to pick my dog up and put him on a different part of the couch. Because the Astros scored four runs the well, last time he was there. I had a buddy text me back. He loves Dave Roberts, and he was so happy when it came out that uh, Scherzer had the hamstring. And the two beat writers, not me, because I didn't go on Twitter with this, tweeted a lot of people owe Dave Roberts an apology. Because when he took Scherzer out and Scherzer's in the dugout laughing with Pujols and, and talking, I'm like, well, he can't be hurt. He's in there like talking to these guys, like high-fiving guys, like <laughs> laughing. But we find it later, and I'm like, no, I don't admit that. Roberts is an idiot when it comes to pitching, so I'll blame him anyway. Uh, but my dog, the guy goes, what, are your, what does your poor dog do? And I said, well, bad part, old, old Shih Tzu, lover to death, blind and deaf. Good part, she doesn't have to listen to me during games. So she literally <laughs> just lies in her bed, and I'm acting like an idiot. She doesn't hear any of it. So, um, yeah, so I, 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 I want to admit to you guys today there might be some unhealthy tendencies, uh, and I am absolutely going off the grid. I will tell my boss. Um, I'm off the next few days after the, at the paper after the game tonight. I will tell my boss uh, I'm going off the grid. This is what's going to happen next week, and I will not look at my phone, and I will not know what happens in those games. So we do have a show tomorrow, but we are. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We're, I keep thinking it's don't, Friday. Don't, don't not show up tomorrow. I keep thinking so, it's Friday. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll just be me getting facts wrong on the air with Tyler. <laughs> we are we are off on Monday. So, yes. So after tomorrow, I won't see you till Tuesday. Right. And you I'll, will, I'll check in. You will have gone at least three days without even. You're not even going to no, check the scores. I will not check scores. I will not know what happened. Monday, I will check. They have a night game on Sunday. They fly overnight and they play a afternoon game in St. Louis. Nice scheduling by the Major League Baseball schedulers. But I will <laughs> check out that game. I'll watch the Cardinals game on Monday after okay. the Raiders. Yeah, I'll watch that game. Even if you check the standings and they're now two and a half back of the Giants because they got swept. See, I knew you were going there because they're up a half a game. And they could be tied going tomorrow night because the Giants play oh, okay. the Brewers today okay. and they get the game back. So I knew you were going there too. Now you can say they're three back. I know you're like you're you're shoving that uh, shade at me <laughs> that they would be three back on Sunday night. I will check the standings. I give you my word. Ten I Sunday night baseball would start five o'clock here. I will check the standings at ten o'clock on Sunday night. And I've already got it planned out. I will hit the ESPN thing on my phone. And then I go down here to the right, I hit Major League Baseball, and I'll hit standings. I'll go in that order because it's a bit unhealthy. That I, I do love these how he's showing us something <laughs> on the radio. And then there you go. But she put me in my place last night. And I'm like, I could see myself wearing the hat. 
I don't think I could sleep with one leg in the air. She goes, oh, you could if it meant winning the World Series. She goes, you'd like stand on your head for like 10 straight days. Yeah. So she understands that I've reached a level now. I never told her about the scissors. Because then, it, I mean, I'd be divorced. I mean, if I told her about it, if I told her about the scissors, she's like, "Look, it's not. It's been a good twenty-five years. Get the hell out of the house." So I never told her that part, but I just told you guys. Again, I can tell you anything. She has no clue where I'm at most days. She definitely knows doesn't know I'm on the radio, until of course that time of the month comes. She goes, "Are we direct deposit or did you bring it home?" In terms of the paper check, she knows. She knows I'm on the radio. Then I'll tell you that. Are we direct deposit or did you bring it? Home? Yes, absolutely. And you. You're gonna take Darren Millard's and I'd be like, oh, I don't know, and it's in a shoebox somewhere. <laughs> How does, about that guy? Does he have a shoebox oh. under his bed full of money? To I was hide? gonna say, is this an under yeah. the mattress guy with a bunch of hundred dollar bills in yeah, there? I was genuinely like, is that isn't that like what twelve year olds do with their porno stash? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. You're hiding money from your wife? He didn't uh, tell us what else was in the shoebox, No, he did not. He's got his, Come on, Millsy. He's got his one-hitter Maybe. and his uh, <laughs> copy of Hustler. He's had the shoebox since he was 12. <laughs> huh? Who knows? He's been using it his whole life to hide things. What well, a scary relationship that is. Scarier than yours over here with your one leg in the air. Off the grid.